you are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy and the perfect-haired one, Bo Brock, on this transition and franchise tag day. It's the start of the, you know, week-and-a-half, two-week span where teams can franchise tag and or franchise tag a player. Listen, there's a lot of layers to where the Cardinals – the season starts now for the Cardinals. And we've talked a lot about Hassan Reddick being the guy – that would be franchise tagged if there were to be one. Maybe a transition tag, which is the average of the top 10 salaries of the position and not the top five, which is what the franchise tag is. Do the Cardinals not touch either tag? And another level we'll talk about in the second segment is, what does that mean for the Cardinals if they want to bring in, let's say, a free agent wide receiver? What if Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, and Allen Robinson all get tagged one way or another by their respective teams? Does that mean that the Cardinals get priced out of bringing in a wide receiver that would be would have been a second tier like Juju Smith-Schuster, Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel especially is a name to, to keep an eye on that the Cardinals would most likely get priced out of actually bringing in if those top tier guys were to get tagged in some respect. And then Bo is still hot from yesterday, but Michael Bidwell just blowing smoke up our keisters about you know the, the trust that he has in his uh, – in his nepotized general manager, we're going to call it now, in Steve Kime. lot to get to today. This is really the beginning of the 2021 season for the for the Arizona Cardinals. We're going to talk about two early power rankings or strength of schedule for the 2021 season. Looking at the list right now, it's not a walk in the park like it should have been last year by any stretch. But let's start first things first. Hassan Reddick's name is the hot name that the Cardinals would most likely franchise tag if they were to use it for the 2021 season. It would cost about $15 million if they if they transition tag. be about $12.5, 13 $13.5 Bo, looking at the cap situation now, and this is removing any sort of contingency like they're going to cut Justin Pugh before June 1st or uh, Robert Alford, which would, between the two of them, would add upwards of $20 million in cap space to use otherwise. Would franchise tagging any player for the Cardinals behoove them or deter them from getting better next season? The only way you use the franchise tag on Hassan Reddick is a placeholder. And I don't even think that's a smart business move because the guy would lock in for $15 million, which he would probably be hard-pressed to find on the open market in two seasons worth. I mean, $15 million for Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick had a career year. Look, there's, there's no... There's, there's no debating that. I mean, the guy had 12 and a half sacks. He had a, he found his path. He found his way in the NFL, but it doesn't mean that you, you overpaid the guy. I just don't think that the franchise tag is an option for the Arizona Cardinals this off season. It's just the guys that they would have to slap the tag on. It's just, they're not worth that price tag. Patrick Peterson making what $14 million from the cornerback spot, no longer worth that price tag. And Hassan Reddick, I mean, the only reason you would do it is a placeholder to potentially work out a, uh, a multi-year extension, and you'd be tough. It would be tough to match or overwhelm him with guaranteed dollars more than he would earn in one year off the franchise tag. 
So the transition tag is another option. It give, it's like an unre, it's like a restricted free agent in the NBA where you, you slap the franchise tag on the transition tag on him. It's a little bit less if it would be Hassan Reddick. So it would be around $12 million, and it would give another team the chance to offer him a contract, and the Cardinals would be able to match or choose to not match and then just let him walk. I feel like that's the option. I mean, like at this point, if you lose out on Hassan Reddick, it's not a backbreaker. It'll cost a little bit less. And every dollar is going to matter for the for the uh, salary cap this year. So I think a transition tag may be a better option. I mean, it'll at least allow you to say, this player is on our roster. If you can give him a deal that's going to overwhelm and, and, and price us out, sure, go right ahead. Hassan Reddick to the Cardinals is not a guy that you're going to give $20 million guaranteed to. So it's really a yeah. no harm, no foul, right? I mean, if you franchise tag, I know it's only a little bit more. But, I mean, every little bit counts, right? Well, you got to look at what you're going to invest in the pass rush at that point. I mean, you would have $21 million invested in Chandler Jones. You would have, you know, another 14 invested in or 12 and a half, whatever, in Hassan Reddick. Then you're over $30 million plus the $7.5 million you're paying Devon Kennard. You're close to $40 million invested in one season uh, in the pass rush. And, like, Chandler Jones, I get it. Like, Beyond Chandler Jones, who's who's shown that they can consistently get to the quarterback, even in Chandler Jones's absence, and seeing the the sack numbers from Reddick, he had five in one game. So he's got seven and a half sacks spread over sixteen games. Like I said, it's a guy who had. I, I always equate it to guys hitting home runs in the big leagues. It's it, you can get a bunch of solo shots, but if you're not consistently doing it, if you're not hitting the three run homer and driving in a bunch of runs, it's really not worth that much money. Like, you can find guys who, you know, in, in a rotational role that can get to the quarterback. I mean, Dennis Gardeck had a great season in limited snaps getting to the quarterback. You can find guys to do that. It's finding the guys that can consistently put pressure on the QBs each and every down, like Chandler Jones, that they, they just don't grow on trees. And you just can't hand out, you know, contracts like this. It's just, too, it just especially in this year where it's just unique with COVID-19 and the cap going down. Uh, you, you have to be more savvy with your salary cap. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you an interesting question. Justin Pugh is another hot name. You know that uh, it would be a nice cap relief if the Cardinals were to move on from him. Um, he it would be they would save about nine million dollars if they were to move on from Justin Pugh. Okay, who's more important right now to the Arizona Cardinals from the extent of the time that he's been here, Hassan Reddick or Justin Pugh? I know it's a weird it's a weird question to ask because they're on different sides of the ball, but yeah. it's coming from the same pot when it when it comes to money. Like is Justin Pugh, if if I told you that the Cardinals would retain Hassan Reddick but had to get rid of Justin Pugh or vice versa, which would lend you to think more positively about the situation? I mean, at this point with the Arizona Cardinals where they're in their rebuild, it's you you have to take the more talented football player. Who's the more talented football player? I think that's easy at this point in their careers. And it would be Hassan Reddick. But, you know, as far as need, where the Arizona Cardinals are, and they're staring down Chandler Jones coming back, um, that the need is interior offensive line. Can you go find the production at that position that's going to match or, you know, be close to Justin Pugh? Which, like, I'm not saying he's 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 the best. You know, he's he's up there. In the, he's not. He's an av- I think he's an average offensive lineman. I mean – could they lose him and be like, "Well, oh, life is over," and Kyler Murray is going to spend twenty twenty one just getting crushed? No, but uh, 
I don't know. I just don't know where the options are. I, I look, yeah, I think Justin Pugh could absolutely be a cap casualty for the Arizona Cardinals and and nobody bat an eye. Just be like, okay, all right, let's go find the next guy who can who's, you know, the baseball equivalent of war went above replacement. If you can find a guy that's has equal war to Justin Pugh, yeah, I think that that's feasible, but uh you better have a plan. I mean, he was part of the offensive line that was top five in the NFL through the first half of the season, though. You know, he's also part of the line that fell short at mm-hmm. the end of the year. You right. Know? It's uh, but I mean, Hassan Reddick. Listen, Hassan Reddick. Huh? Yeah, cap numbers, but his cap number is it's just when you look at guys who are on the chopping block at this time of year. Justin Pugh, as far as his age, the amount of money he's making, and the amount of money that you would save, I mean, he just kind of fits the mold for a cap casualty. He just does. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Follow him on Twitter, Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Coming up next, if other teams' franchise tag targets that the Cardinals have that they may want to add to their roster, what does that mean when the Cardinals don't have as much cap space to spend as other teams? That's next, Locked on Cardinals. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, NHL, all in full swing. I mean, we're seriously less than a month away from March Madness. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. The real-time updated odds and props allow you to do almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And remember, the promo code locked on. Welcome back to Transition Tag Franchise Tag Day on Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. We've talked a lot about Hassan Reddick. Who would have ever thought that this, this is what the conversation would be this offseason? Man, should they really retain Hassan Reddick? Why did Steve Kime not pick up his option? I mean, even when Steve Kime tries to do the right thing, he ends up not doing the right thing. Uh, follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Um, Chad Forbes, our boy, Bo's boy, <laughs> who uh, I, I don't know if I've seen Bo this uh, distraught about something that, po- that somebody posted on Twitter when he when Chad Forbes tweeted Chandler Jones for who is it for? Evan Ingram. Oh, yeah. Chandler Jones for Evan Ingram. Oh, same source. It's fun. But this one is a little bit uh, more rational. He just posted uh, potential franchise tag uh, players, players to be tagged and transition tagged. So mm-hmm. the Bears, Allen Robinson, Bucks, Chris Godwin, um, those two right there. And then under transition tags, there's three names that we had talked about. Packers transition tagging Aaron Jones, Lions, Kenny Galladay, um, Oh, and then uh, Joe Tooney, franchise tag. So those are five targets that we had discussed potentially for the Cardinals, at least tangentially in the conversation. Say all five of those guys are off the board. Chris Godwin, good? good? Yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals aren't going to be in that sandbox. Well, I mean, Joe Tooney sh- was one. Yeah, Joe Tooney's probably the only guy. I mean, Aaron Jones, the reports where he could fetch up to $15 million a season. Like, yeah, get out of ridiculous. here. You're not paying the running back right. that much money. But you take away the top-heavy three guys from this offseason regarding the wide receivers. That leaves you with T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, 
uh, John Ross, Danny Amendola, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, it kind of yeah. thins it a little bit to where it makes you think, do they now need to take a receiver at 16? Does that mean that other teams would deem the wide receivers that draft ahead of the Cardinals more valuable? So it wouldn't even let the Cardinals get a receiver at 16 of value. I mean, this is something that's like, you kind of, I, I mean, to your point, you're not expecting them to throw the bank at Kenny Galladay or, or, or Allen Robinson. But for other teams, it's important to the Cardinals that those guys aren't out there for other teams to sign who have the cap space. Mm-hmm. It just makes the situation a little bit more bare. So are the Cardinals going to be priced out of the wide receiver market? And if so, what does that mean? Yeah, if a guy like Marvin Jones, if if he becomes a hotter commodity than he was going to be before some of these guys receive franchise tags, but we we kind of saw that we you could follow the tea leaves as far as Allen Robinson. It, it seemed like he's likely going to get tagged by the Bears if they can't work out a multi-year deal. And you see the guys like Kenny Galladay. I mean, the only way you could probably keep him in Detroit is by tagging him. So, it, I mean – it is going to be interesting to just see how the dominoes fall. I mean, we've seen how things strategy will have to, it, it pivots as far as what your off season approach is going to be just by one single move. And that was like for the Cardinals, it was Deandre Hopkins. It, it changed everything in a positive light. You know, they could, they could put some of their efforts elsewhere to other needs on the roster. So, um, you know, the, the pressure should be on Steve Kime to put himself back in that position. Like you have to continue to be aggressive uh, you you can't. The thing I can will continue to stress this entire offseason is you can't continue to try to do the things that Steve Kime has done because he's been unsuccessful. I mean, as far as Michael Bidwell saying that they're going to take advantage of a bunch of these cap casualties is like that's not a good strategy. You're going to keep up with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Bobby Wagner, Tyler Lockett. You're gonna t- you're gonna keep up with those those talent rich rosters by kicking the tires on a guy that you know he priced himself out at his age and his production. It's just like that's not a smart strategy. You're gonna do it based on Steve Kimes' previous drafting strategy. That hasn't been very that hasn't been very successful. One Pro Bowler since 2013 in the first round. So you know the Arizona Cardinals they have to continue to kind of employ the strategy that they had last year and trying to add blue chip type talent in whatever way possible. Um, I mean, that's, that's also like bamboozling an organization that's down, but they're out there. They're bad organizations. There's a bunch of them. So take advantage of them and take some of their, you know, strip them of their talent. I just, I, I don't, I don't think it changes things because if you're probably in the NFL, you're at a front office, you probably had to expect this, Hopefully you have a plan A, B, C, D. Hopefully it goes the entire alphabet length as far as your plans and your strategies. So, but I, I don't know. I mean, it does, it would stink that, you know, if somebody, if Jacksonville wants to overpay for Marvin Jones, let them do so. It doesn't affect or impact the Arizona Cardinals. If they're staring down a, a you know, trying to negotiate for a guy like Jones between them and the Rams and money's even, you know, are they going to win that battle? 
you know, where they're looking at, you know, his market values there and he's going to go for that. And he's got the choice to play in LA or he gets, he has the choice to play in the desert. Unless DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray are meeting in person with him, I don't, I don't know how how you win that negotiation. Yeah, I mean, it's more the Curtis Samuel and Juju are the two that the second-tier guy, the strong B wide receivers. B yeah. minus B, whatever you want to say about Juju. He's shown that he could be uh, – he has been a solid wide receiver two, not so much a wide receiver one. Curtis Samuel is that that true Swiss Army knife – if used properly, Matt Rule used him properly last year. Uh, he he may have maxed out what Curtis Samuel could be. I just don't know if Cliff Kingsbury could do it. Good teams are not only comprised of great talent, great leadership, but also great leverage. And the Cardinals don't have leverage. What the Cardinals have is they're reactionary based upon other people's decisions. They're never the ones making the decision. Sure, trading for DeAndre Hopkins was great. Listen. Obviously, drafting Kyler Murray unopposed, fine, okay? But that does not mean that Steve Keim is able to string together several decisions. Like this offseason, the Cardinals could go from zero leverage to all the leverage in one offseason. And, I mean, that's an absolute statement, but it's true. If they can hit on two, let's say two of their draft picks and have them be 16-game starters barring injury regardless of position. And they hit it with two off-season acquisitions of low impact that have somewhat of a ceiling, not necessarily even Pro Bowl ceiling, but just the ceiling to raise the floor a little bit more. Then the cap space opens up next year and everything's possible. But this year has to be the catalyst for that where they can make this Jacksonville can make decisions. Miami last year made all the decisions they wanted and they were one of the worst teams in football. They won five games with no talent, but they added all of this stuff in the off season on the defense. And listen, man, like if the Cardinals don't do it soon, it's over. Like if the Cardinals don't do it soon, What's the point of paying DeAndre Hopkins? Like, who knows what's going to happen with Kyler Murray? If this doesn't happen in the next three years, you could be reverting back to something close to 2018 again. I mean, is that unfair? No, it's it's real. It's kind of like being and not having as much success, being a Kentucky, a Duke, and relying on one and Duns. Like having that type of top tier talent and relying so much on them to be the the players that they are and carry you to the level you want to go. But then once those guys exit and you don't have, you know, you didn't develop the players on your roster that are going to play big roles, you know, the next season, you're SOL, like you're going to be sub 500. So like you have to get star caliber play from your stars. And if you don't, you're, you're bad to below average team. You know, it's the, and that's, that's the problem when you miss on drafting. And that's why, you know, there's a misconception at the very top of this organization and what Steve Keim is able to accomplish year in and year out in the draft. Like Bidwell said that he liked where the young players were going when you got less than 35% of the snaps from your top pick eighth overall, you got less than 10% of the snaps from your second pick who was 72nd overall 74th, whatever third round pick and Josh Jones. And then lucky Fotu and Rashad Lawrence were played. They played sparingly battled injuries as fourth round picks who played less snaps than Isaiah Simmons even did on the defensive line. Like I'm not excited about this draft class. Like I think Isaiah Simmons could absolutely develop and, and so could Josh Jones, but they haven't proven me anything to say, Oh, 
<laughs> at least we got those guys. They're going to be here. Oh, yeah. Good job, Steve Kime. And then you like the jury's still out on Byron Murphy, your second round pick. The four picks you used on fourth on wide receivers are all failures. You know, it, well, I guess Christian Kirk's not a failure, but he's the best of the crop. It's to, to expect that is to expect Steve Kime to hit 300, even though he's a guy that just hits home runs. It, like he can't consistently hit enough. He can't. He just can't. He's not. He's not that type of player. He's not that type of GM. Cardinals are in trouble. Like it. It, it would take a miraculous effort this offseason. Could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. The Clippers were successful and made the playoffs under Donald Sterling. I mean, it's possible. Like you can fall into a, success, a successful season, but like to expect it to be sustainable, no. Uh, and for it to be done the correct way, it's definitely not. It's just a blind squirrel finding a nut every once in a while. And it's really unfortunate, Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked on Cardinals, that we talk about all of these potential positives, yet once in a while we'll have this conversation in a segment where it's like, they're not even close. You know, they're not even – we watch – like in Phoenix, I'm watching the Suns just jump and jump and jump and jump. And my own – I would love to have a crossover. We'll probably do it too with Brendan Clean from Locked on, Locked on the Suns because there are parallels here where Chris Paul, like he's not the DeAndre Hopkins, but it's something like that where it's like without Chris Paul, none of this would be happening. And there's a shelf life. And there's a lot of parallels with that with the, with the Cardinals. Um, coming up next, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Why draft? If you can make money work by trading for proven commodities, even though cheap labor is more important, why draft when you don't trust the person who's drafting? Alex Kennedy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll be right back. But first, um, I don't know anything about cars. I talk about this at least twice a week. That's why rockauto.com is the best. It's all online. You don't have to go to a chain storefront and get lost and not know what parts you need and not know where to find anything. rockauto.com, it's a family-owned business. It's been online for 20 years. The prices for a manufacturer and do-it-yourselfer, they're the same. You can get taillights, carpet, whatever you want, all at rockauto.com. The prices, reliably low. The way to navigate, super easy. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Oh, boy. This took a turn I wasn't expecting it to take. Alex Clancy, Paul Brock, Locked on Cardinals. This is supposed to be the beginning of the 2021 season for the Arizona Cardinals. There's some important dates coming up. I'll run those down real quick. You know, franchise and transition tag starts today, February 23rd to March 9th. That's the span where the Cardinals and other teams can slap a fran uh, franchise or transition tag on a player. Uh, we've talked about Hassan Reddick, obviously, at nauseum. Talked about him since the end of the season. Do you retain him? What do you do with Patrick Peterson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? It's kind of sobering to think that the other teams that have the star players that the Cardinals will potentially want to target, if they're unavailable, the offseason market's not great. You know, across most positions. It was offensive line heavy over the last couple seasons. Joe Tooney uh, was, I believe he was franchise tag last year. They're going to potentially franchise tag him again. Um, 
So it begs the question: After Bo went on went on his uh, diatribe before before the break, if you don't trust the person who's drafting, what do you do with your top picks? And then it's like, well, you know, I mean, you know, this year could be different. All you need is one home run draft. You know, all you need is one. I need is one Miami Dolphin. Well, I mean, and the, the like when the Dolphins and the Raiders and the Cowboys they had multiple first round picks. Like the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell fourth overall, right, third or fourth overall. When Dexter Lawrence was there, he was the guy from Clemson, and everybody thought he would take. And then Mike Mayock goes rogue immediately and takes Cleveland Farrell, takes Josh Jacobs in the mid teens. I can't remember who they took uh, with the third. I know it was a safety who who can't stay healthy. Uh, Abram, I, Abram, Abraham, right. Abram, um, yeah, Jonathan Abram. I, I no, that's not right. Um, but that's close, close but, enough. But the Cardinals at sixteen, they're in that you know that weird purgatory of you're not going to get a top. It's the eighth pick in the fantasy football draft, mm-hmm. and if you offer game day trades, draft day trades, you know you know people can move up or move back. If you don't trust Steve Keim, and you shouldn't on draft day. As you mentioned, everything in the Arizona Cardinals organization is top-heavy, aside from the front office, is top-heavy. Talent has been, for the last decade, it's been top-heavy. Sure, defense, the defensive side of the ball has had some more substance. It's had more depth. Even in 2015, the wide receiving core wasn't good. It was not an above-average receiving core. You had Larry Fitzgerald. He was a top-five receiver, top-six receiver that year. And sure, you had, you know you could throw John Brown, Jerron Brown, JJ Nelson running running go routes on the outside, and but then you had Chris Johnson and, and and David Johnson out of the backfield catching balls too. It's so top heavy with Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Buda Baker last year. We're looking at that same thing because you can't get anything through the draft. So Bo, give me a reason. If you can make contracts work, why you would use your top two picks? instead of trading for known assets that potentially have Pro Bowl pedigree already. Yeah, I think that as far as 16 goes, you stick, you pick, you take the best player available. I think that that, that there's going to be a couple guys in that position to where you could select them and they can make an immediate impact, whether it's you know at the wide receiver position, whether it's an interior offensive lineman, whether it's uh, corner, whatever it may be, like you have the potential there. I'll say potential. I'll slap that on there. Uh, but as far as your second round pick, my confidence is not high. Yeah, why not? Why not turn that into a player? Because w- the only real area of success that Steve Kime has had has been trading. It's just been trades. DeAndre Hopkins, Chandler Jones, they came in right. Kenyon Drake. He has a resume on his resume. You can actually pick out success. You could, you'd be hard pressed to find where he lost a trade. So play to your strengths. If you can't find a player in the second round, that's going to make an impact this year, trade it for a player. Why not? I don't ha- I, I give you my blessing because I, I don't have any confidence that you're going to get somebody in the second round, third round. That's going to make it an uh, impact Big enough for this team. You're not going to have the draft that the Saints had a couple of years ago. You're just not. That propelled them to a spot where they have one of the more complete rosters in the NFL. Like Alex is saying with the Dolphins. He doesn't have the ability 
to find the talent in the draft and build and develop those guys enough to where they're going to be in the conversation. And you look at these rosters and you say, oh, they're just they're just a couple guys away, you know, at, at some key positions. But they've got some good building blocks that they've acquired through draft capital. I play to your strengths. I think that's the only because at this point you're just you're just hoping you're putting blind faith in somebody that you, you shouldn't. Oh yeah, I mean again, this story. This is the first page of the 2021 storybook for the Arizona Cardinals today, February 23rd. We'll know two o'clock today, Arizona time, I believe, is when things get kicking. Um, you know, you might see one or two today that are already set in place, but I mean, there's, you know, two weeks of this, and then we move on to the next phase of everything, which is the legal tampering period, March 15th, March 17th is truly when the new, uh, league year begins. And then, um, you know, April 29th is the draft that is two months away. Yeah. Like, that Can is I say going- that Yeah. The Cardinals are close. Like they win eight and eight, you know they had some signature wins. They beat Buffalo, albeit the Hail Murray. They beat San Francisco mostly at full strength. They beat Seattle in overtime and a good come from behind win. They had some good wins. They won eight games in a very you know in a tough year. The it's it's a it's an uphill climb. Their schedule is more daunting, but they're close. Anytime you have Kyler Murray and you have DeAndre Hopkins, you have a chance. Yeah. But the way the reason we're such Debbie Downers these days is because the Arizona Cardinals organization, their leadership, is saying the same things that they've said as they've just been as to steal from uh, from from Bruce Arians a failure in progress when he's talking about Justin. <laughs> Justin it's just they're to it's just they can't do the same. Play to your strengths. You can you can get your team to where it wants to go. You're close. Just don't screw it up by being yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest opponent the Arizona Cardinals have had and continue yeah. to have is themselves. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.